Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Only I didn't say fudge. And for gosh sake, watch your language. Watch your profanity. Right, I'm sorry. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you were worried about spoilers for a movie you've seen like 500 times over the past 40 years, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Wednesday, December 30th, 2015. I can't spoil it because I haven't even seen it edition of the show, where I talk about the new Star Wars movie, which, again, I've not even seen. Stay tuned! The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you this week by Figrin Da'an and the Modal Nodes. Does your backwater dive or desert spaceport cantina need a house band to cover up the occasional blaster fire or lightsaber lopping? Call Figrin Da'an and the Modal Nodes. Our bland, atonal background music can cover even the most violent confrontation. Keep your customers and your business off the radar of nosy Imperials. Ask Figrin about his Klakdor 7 Sonata Suite for your Gungan weddings or Bopin's Spy funeral needs. If you would like to sponsor the show, call up Chalman at the Moss Eisley Cantina, and he'll tell you, we don't serve your kind here. You win, okay? I'm a bad person. Hey, oh, yes, I'm a bad person. No, he's not? saying I'm insensitive. Just he's saying I'm a shit. He's not saying you're a shit. Did they mention the wife? Did they, did they mention the wife? No, no, they didn't mention the wife. You happy? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, I'm insensitive. I'm a very insensitive man. Stop your job. Look at the insensitive man. That's what they're paying you for. He was my right home. I, I, I got to be very clear on this point that insensitive drop was because I am not an insensitive man and I will not spoil the new Star Wars movie for you. This is because, again, I have not seen the new Star Wars movie. It's not that I'm not going to see it. It's just that I have not yet seen said movie. Now, there are two things you can take away from this statement. The first is you can safely listen to this show without worrying about spoilers, although that technically may not be true as we're about to find out. And second, you can wonder what the fuck I'm doing talking about a movie I've not even watched. It's a fair cop. Stop talking to the camera. I'm sorry. That's the miracle of modern media. It's actually better for me to be completely ignorant of my subject because deep down inside, I'm just really trying to get a job on cable news. Call me Don Lemon. Don't, let's, let's be, let me be clear. This is not a show about Star Wars, the movie, the new one, as a singular item of popular culture entertainment. From everything I hear, the movie's great, if a bit regurgitated from the originals. The most enduring critique that I've heard of is that if you've seen the original Trinity, you've basically seen this movie. And my hot take on this is good. After the spawn of Lucas was unleashed like Damien the Omen on an unsuspecting world in 1999. Dear God, what is that thing? The only possible way to exercise that Jar Jar demon. That the power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Was to do exactly what Vicini said. I am waiting for you, Vicini. 
You told me to go back to the beginning. This is where I am. This is where I will stay. And start the whole thing fresh. Because anything other than what is essentially a reboot without being a reboot would have infuriated that prickly fan base and really just doomed the whole idea of taking Star Wars into the 21st century as a viable franchise. And trust me, folks, Disney did not spend the kind of money they spent on this to fuck up the chance to make the metric fucktons of money they are going to make now and in perpetuity. But what I'm really here to talk about tonight is Star Wars as a part of our culture, as a part of who we are, and exactly what does it mean? Somebody said to me, well, what does it mean? I said, it means I killed a man in prison for asking fucking questions. I think that might have been a deleted line by Sir Alec Guinness. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Now, I've noted before on the show, I'm not exactly a Star Wars fanboy. I mean, I like Star Wars. I've seen the Trinity multiple times. I watched the abominations. I've read the books. I even made lightsaber noises like swoosh, 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 as recently as this afternoon while playing with a long stick in the park. So I'm not anti-Star Wars in any way. What I am is of a certain small subset of nerds who existed in the dim mist of time before there was Star Wars. You are so full of shit. No, no, it's true. There was, there was Star Wars, there was sci-fi before Star Wars. There was an entire universe of science fiction before Lucas ever pillaged it and repurposed it for his movies. There was, of course, the Grand Masters of Sci-Fi, um, you know, comic books, and Ray Bradbury, and Isaac Asimov, and all of those, and you know, the writers in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, H.P. Lovecraft. I mean, those were sci-fi. And then there were the Saturday serials during the 50s, which made their return as late-night or weekend movies on local television. I cut my teeth on rubber monsters and pie pan saucers carrying the very first crush of my life, the lovely Penny Robinson. Angela Cartwright, so hot, want to work with Penny in the hydroponic garden. Relax, I was like six or seven when I had that crush. It's not as creepy as it sounds now. Star Trek, of course, was my true prolegomena. What the hell did you just say? Into the avoir of science fiction. Okay, now you're just showing off. I am. What I'm trying to say is that sci-fi was a fully developed cultural niche long before Lucas gave, gave us Solo and the Wookiee. Is it just me, or would Solo and the Wookiee be like the best name for a 70s cop show ever? One's a hard-bitten pirate smuggler. The other one's a giant walking carpet who can only talk in groans. They're Solo and the Wookiee, and they're cleaning up Chicago. Sundays on CBS. Solo and the Wookiee. That music right there is an original composition by a guy named Christopher Gresh on YouTube. Uh, his name is Christopher Gresh on YouTube, so you should find it there. It's called 70s Cop Show. That's <laughs> fucking badass. I just love I'm, Oh, and the... Yeah. Badass gotta get props and shout out right in the middle of the show to that i mean it's always kind of bugged me that an entire generation of kids primarily little boys who grow up into men who are still little boys on the inside hey, hey not judging i just bought a six million dollar man action figure from the 70s okay not judging at all but they all act as though in the beginning there was nothing and then lucas spoke let there be laser flashes and sci-fi suddenly became what is it about these movies, these movies which candidly aren't even actually all that good? Oh, 
settle down, settle down, put that torch down, you in the back. Listen, objectively, Star Wars isn't a good movie. It wasn't new, it wasn't different, it wasn't even particularly well-written, well-acted, or directed, and it certainly wasn't original. Everything contained in the Trinity came from something, from somewhere else, except, you know, it had aliens. But I'm not saying it was a bad movie, I'm just saying that it wasn't a good movie. I'm going to kill you! I sense that I'm losing some of you here. Look, alright, nothing is new in this world. Star Trek was... Wagon trains to the stars. I mean, it totally wasn't, but that's how it had to be portrayed to CBS. All of the early sci-fi serials were retreads of traditional myths, except with spaceships. Flash fucking Gordon was a cowboy movie with blasters and flying sleds. Every single alien monster of the week was a vampire or a werewolf movie, except they had a guy in a rubber suit instead of a bad fur makeup job. What I mean here is that Star Wars was straight-up old-fashioned sci-fi, scrambled with some samurai movies, a little bit of westerns, and a lot of Lord of the Rings. And, of course, awesome special effects. By the time Jedi came along, Lucas and the studio had just flat fucking given up on doing anything but coming up with a way to sell even more toys. I mean, seriously, why else were there fucking Ewoks? It's the only possible explanation. So what is it about this movie that makes us all lose our fucking minds and spend our hard-earned money on cheap plastic shit from China? Well, I guess it's right there in that amended title that Lucas tacked on without so much as a buyer leave when he did the abominations. It was a new hope. Logical. Flawlessly logical. You kind of had to live there, I guess, but the mid-1970s are post-Nixon, post-Vietnam economic malaise made a lot of people really apathetic. I mean, we'd been to the moon and decided it kind of sucked. Voyager 1 and 2 had took off at the edge of the solar system, but they weren't going to get there for like 20 fucking years. The space shuttle began testing, and we won that one when we got it named the Enterprise. But beyond that, culturally, we weren't doing anything. I mean, we were in the nascence of disco, for God's sake, so you can tell how grim things were getting. And then... Along comes this farm boy from Tatooine, who along with a plucky anti-hero, an aesthetic master, a couple of comic relief droids, and a Wookiee, they were all of a sudden rescuing princesses and blowing up Death Stars with the Force, and a generation of kids lost their goddamn minds. For kids today, there is no way they can possibly imagine how boring life was pre-Star Wars. We had three television channels. Four if you lived near a major city that had a UHF station. Five if you lived near a college that had a PBS station. All running the same shit that you'd been watching since the mid-1960s. Do you know how many times I had to watch a fucking Bonanza rerun growing up? Or an I Dream of Fucking Genie? Seriously, Major Nelson. Dude, you had this smoking hottie who was willing to do anything to make you happy stop my penis can only get so erect all you wanted her to do was stay in her bottle and keep quiet was there some sort of accident that killed your libido oh and by the way the animated series of i dream of gd featuring babu the Corey anders character the lead in the series was voiced by none other than one mr mark hamill 
dogging it up, right high on a curl. Not thinking about I'd be meeting a girl. Then where I then, but that ball wasn't all. In a bottle was a chick only two inches tall. Say what you will about being typecast as Luke Skywalker. At least you're not doing the animated version of I Dream of Genie Mark. So along comes Star Wars, and kids across the country went from playing cowboys and Indians, which had all the cultural relevance to my generation of Napoleon and Wellington, <laughs> to my parents, to playing Star Wars with the most awesome fucking toys in the universe. And there, my dear listeners, is the thing. The movie was not all of that, but those Goddamn toys! Boba Fett, Darth Vader, Chewbacca, and 18 other action figures, all from Kenner Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back collection. They were awesome! I can barely remember seeing the first movie in theaters, or even the second, but I remember seeing those toys in the stores come Christmas and fucking agony of my family not being able to afford all the really good ones. By 1979, the Millennium Falcon was the be-all, end-all of my existence. I wanted that giant-ass ship. I needed that giant-ass ship. But at a retail cost of $29.99, and by plugging those numbers into the handy Googles, I learned that 30 bucks in 1979 is $110 today. There is no way in hell my parents had that kind of money. What with a living in the housing project like that. So I never got the Millennium Falcon. And sure... Years later, my dad would get a great job, and I would get tons of cool toys. But by that time, I didn't want the Millennium Falcon, because if I did get the Millennium Falcon, I would have to admit that once, we were poor, and Obi-Wan had never come to rescue me. So I had to live with my Battlestar Galactica Vipers, which were awesome, but they were never a Millennium Falcon. Generation X loves Star Wars, because Star Wars redefined our childhoods. It was the transition point from the old world to the new world as far as pop culture was concerned. And as and the baby boomers loved Star Wars because it was right at this point in time that they were suddenly financially stable enough to start buying cool shit for us, their kids. So it made them feel like they were actually good parents instead of the narcissistic bunch of workaholic assholes they actually were. You're not gonna eat man. Star Wars became this convenient vessel to purchase our love, and the toys we had were a demonstrable, physical thing that we Gen X latchkey kids who saw our parents for a couple of hours on the weekends could hold in our hands and prove to ourselves that our parents loved us because they bought us a shitload of action figures. Can I get a praise, Jesus? Because in this, the toys of Lucas, we knew, brothers and sisters, that we could see that our mommies and daddies loved us and they gave unto us these tiny plastic aliens that we could show to one another and see the joys in our hearts that is Lucas. Lucas, Star Wars toys, brothers and sisters, were not toys about a movie. They were proof positive of the redemption of the lot of our absentee parents who left us with the VHS tape of the Holy Trinity and a plastic lightsaber so they could go and take part in the Republican Reagan revolution. Bless Reagan, for he was the way and the light. He bringeth the lower taxes. He giveth the mighty military. He bringeth 
greatest wealth to the middle class. Thou art in me, Ronnie. In thy name we pray. Amen. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay, that, that probably went in a different direction than I originally intended it to go. What I'm saying is that the toys stood in for a lot of things, and the toys are the real reasons we love the movies so much. And really, isn't today the same thing? After all, the millennials who came up on the Unholy Trilogy really didn't care so much about the movies, but about the much better toys. And all the unhappy nerds who went out and bolstered their collections with third-gen Star Wars toys, weren't they really just trying to buy their parents' love once again? I mean, it's just like when I purchased all the copies of the Dungeons & Dragons books my parents made me get rid of, because they were worried the devil was going to get me. I wasn't really buying these books because I wanted to play Dungeons & Dragons, which I do, but what I really was trying to do was just to buy back my childhood. Why did you take them away, Mom? Why? I know it was just a game! I do! I do! I know it was just a game! Shit, sorry. Lost it there for a moment. The new Star Wars movie is more than just a movie. Indeed, the old Star Wars movies were the same thing. It touched something in all of us that connects with our deeply troubled childhoods and the broken, bitter adults we became. The disappointments we feel towards our parents, towards our lives. When we sit in the theater watching what is pretty much a note-for-note -note recreation by J.J. J. Abrams, he's not looting our childhood, but returning to us the false sense of hope. We held when a young band of plucky rebels stood up against an authoritarian evil and toppled an empire the same way we too would stand up to our parents and say, fuck you, I'm studying poetry in college and there's nothing you can do about it because you're not paying for it, dad. Oh, and I'm still mad about you throwing away my Star Wars toys. How could you do that? You destroyed my childhood all over again. And that, dear listeners, is a special moment for every aging Gen Xer. One we will soon treasure with our own children because we're going to throw out their Star Wars toys in just a few years. Because fuck them. We lost ours. They can bloody well go on eBay in 20 years and buy them back just like we did. You ungrateful little shits. That is it for our show this week. We'd like to thank the band Hypnostate, as always, for the music and the opener. Find their work on Jamendo.com. Find our show on iTunes and Stitcher, where the force compels you. We will force choke your ass. Seriously, if you don't subscribe, rate, and review, because it helps keep the droids busy around the office. You can find the show on, on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast, and the show name on Facebook... All of our shows are currently trudging across the deserts of Tatooine at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, your Jedi Master, and all the other fictional Jawas around the office, we'd like to remind you that carry you can on carry on, Darth Vader's son. You'll use the Force when the movie's done, but done. listen when Master Yoda says you will fear for sure.
Once I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion I was soaring ever higher But I flew too high Seltzer Kings Podcasts